Welcome to Pause to Consider, sometimes Talons and Beaks, with Alyssa Lakota, a registered veterinary nurse who works with wildlife and domestic species. Thanks for joining me for today's episode where we will address core vaccines for your dog and cat. And what I mean by this is the ones that may be required by law in your area, as well as those highly recommended by veterinarians and their staff. And I'm going to quickly run through each vaccine and then we'll go into a little more detail. For dogs and puppies, we're looking at rabies, distemper, adenovirus 2, otherwise known as hepatitis, and parvovirus. But wait, Alyssa, you didn't mention leptospirosis, Bordetella, Lyme, and so on. Those are considered non-core vaccines, and your vet will address those with you, and they too are important. Now for cats and kittens, they too need a rabies vaccine, feline herpes virus 1, Khaleesi virus, panleukopenia, otherwise known as distemper, and feline leukemia, also known as AIDS. Now we're going to break things down a little bit. We're going to go through the puppies and dog vaccines first, and then we'll talk about cats and kittens, and then we'll address rabies last, which will cover both dogs and cats. So for dogs and puppies, you heard distemper, adenovirus 2, or hepatitis, and parvo. The good news, there is a vaccine that covers all of those just mentioned, and they go by a variety of acronyms. DAP, which stands for distemper, adenovirus, and parvo. DHPP, which also includes the P for parainfluenza. And DHPPL, which throws in leptospirosis. Another non-core vaccine, but important, especially if your pet drinks out of puddles or swims. Lepto is the result of urine runoff from wildlife, and it runs into puddles and other bodies of water. And I know this is a lot of information, but your vet team is going to tailor your pet's vaccine schedule to their lifestyle and to your location. So talk to them first and foremost. So here's the thing. Preparing your puppy for protection takes quite a bit of doing initially, or at least it may feel like that. But after they're completely up to date on all of their vaccines, then you only need to do an annual booster or every three years, depending upon the vaccine in question. So how do we prepare your puppy? This is where there may be some slight variations from veterinary hospital to veterinary hospital, which can be due to a number of scenarios. For example, You adopted a dog or a puppy from somewhere that didn't have complete medical records, or perhaps they administered one vaccine. It could also depend upon their age, and so on. But the basics go like this. First, DAP or DHPP will be given three to four times spread out over several weeks. Typically, a puppy will receive their first vaccine somewhere around eight weeks of age. It could be a little bit younger, a little bit older. Again, it just depends on the circumstances. But we're going to stick with they've received their vaccine around eight weeks of age. Then they're going to receive the second and third injections around week 12 and then week 16. Now, once your pup has reached 16 weeks of age and they've finished their first three to four series of injections of distemper hepatitis, and parvo, then they will be ready to receive their rabies vaccine. Now, I want to take a pause for a moment to say, if you have a puppy that is not fully vaccinated, you should avoid taking them to a dog park and for long walks on sidewalks, and they should not play with any other puppy or dog that's not fully vaccinated. I cannot tell you how many times parvo cases have claimed the lives of a puppy, and it is terribly sad and painful to watch and even more painful for them to experience. 
Parvo stays in the environment for roughly 10 years. So you do the math. How many dogs are walking up and down that path and defecating along the way? Pooping. Do you and your pup a favor. Keep them confined to your home environment and only allow them to play with others that are fully vaccinated. I know they are so cute and you want to share them with the world, but wait, it'll be worth it. Let's touch upon older dogs, and I mean anything above 16 weeks of age, but let's say you've adopted a seven-year-old, or let's say you lost their vaccine records. They could be treated somewhat like a puppy initially, two to three injections over every three to four weeks until fully vaccinated against distemper, hepatitis, and parvo. So now let's say your puppy or your full-grown dog have received both their DAP or DHPP along with their rabies vaccines. Now they are good to go for one year when they will receive a booster shot. That booster should be good for three years, but you need to make sure they receive their booster by the due date. If you go past the due date, it will then be up to veterinary discretion as to whether they receive a one-year or a three-year vaccine. And another thing to note, if you move or change veterinarians and there's no evidence of vaccine records, that new doctor will likely start all over again. So maintain copies of their records in a safe place. All right, moving on, cats and kittens. Their core vaccines, again, include rabies, feline herpes virus 1, Khaleesi virus, panleukopenia, and feline leukemia. Similar to dogs and puppies, some of these vaccines are lumped together into one, making it easier on your pet fewer injections. The schedule is somewhat similar as well to what we already mentioned. They receive their first vaccine around six to eight weeks of age and then repeat every three to four weeks until they're 16 weeks old. FVRCP, when it's broken out, the FVR stands for feline viral rhinotracheitis, otherwise known as herpes virus. C is for Khaleesi virus and P is for panleukopenia or feline distemper. FELV stands for feline leukemia virus, AIDS. This is good for any cat that goes outdoors or is surrounded by another cat in the family. It is passed via a cat bite, not sexually transmitted like in humans. If you have indoor cats only and none of them have feline leukemia, you won't necessarily need this vaccine, but you should test them all before putting them together. And some veterinarians will frown upon putting a positive cat with others who are negative, but I will leave that right there. I have actually seen households of cats include one positive kitty, and they've been fine amongst the other bunch. But it does depend largely upon your cat's behaviors. And again, I'm going to just leave that right there. Your veterinarian will help you make that decision. All right, so now it's time to address rabies for cats and for dogs. It may be required by law in your area, so check out the rules and regulations wherever you live. Also, many animal hospitals will not provide future care until your pet is actually vaccinated against rabies. They'll do that for you, but this is for their staff safety as much as it is for yours and your pets. The good news is, in the U.S., as a result of vaccinating our pets, we have very few cases of humans contracting rabies each year. Now, in other countries where vaccines are not readily available, many people, especially children, die each year from contracting rabies. Once symptoms present, it is 100% fatal. 
Now, there are a couple of forms of rabies. There's the aggressive form that we often see in movies where the animal is growling and frothing at the mouth. And then there's the dumb form, which is when an animal seems quiet and reserved. And this is more often the troublemaker. This is the animal that the child will pick up and bring home. And if saliva gets into an open wound, even a mosquito bite wound, the child can then contract the virus. Again, here in the U.S., as a result of vaccinating our pets, we have protected animals and humans. Now, that's not to say it doesn't exist here. It does. But rabies vaccines go a long way in protecting all of us against this deadly virus. And perhaps you'll remember a few years back when there was a little boy in Florida who was scratched by a bat. He cried because he didn't want to go to the hospital to receive the multiple injections that are needed to protect those who have received a scratch or a bite from rabies. And his parents made the grave decision not to go, and their little boy did not survive. Horribly tragic, and my heart goes out to them. This is where educating ourselves can prove vital. Now, before calling it a day, I do want to mention that there are some breeds that do not do well with certain vaccines, and your veterinarian will advise you. Additionally, 1% can have a negative reaction, but the benefits outweigh the negative unless your pet happens to be that 1%, in which case you will likely feel very differently. Now, a negative reaction isn't always fatal. It could be an allergic reaction for which your vet could intervene with necessary care. And a negative reaction will typically present within the first 20 minutes to two hours after an injection. This can include facial swelling, swelling around the vaccine injection site, lethargy, and vomiting. And if they vomit once, that's usually okay, but if they continue to vomit, call your vet right away. Some swelling around the injection site may also be normal, but you know what? Call your vet anyway. That way it can be documented and monitored. Oftentimes, vaccines are administered in such a way that if your pet were to actually have a potentially grave negative reaction, loss of life could potentially be avoided. Again, they have specific sites where they provide these injections, and this is where it's important to go to a veterinary hospital as opposed to grabbing vaccines from a big box store and attempting to inject them yourselves. Again, less than 1% have a negative reaction in the first place. But if you see a reaction, call right away. It's better to err on the side of safety. In fact, we want you to call us if you suspect anything wrong. This is a good place to mention that if your pet has had that vaccine before, typically the reaction experienced is an indicator of what they will experience again. And it's normal for your pet to be a little sore where poked, a little tired, and maybe not as hungry, just like us. But they should bounce back to their norm the next day. And some may not even show any signs of slowdown, even if you were hoping that they would, for a day anyway. (laughs) Puppies, kittens, wily little critters. All right, I am going to provide links to some helpful information when deciding what vaccines to have administered. And most importantly talk to your veterinarian and their team because your pet's specific needs may vary from so-called normal protocol. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pause to Consider, sometimes talons and beaks. Until next time, tune in, tune out, just don't pass out.